Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda. Hello. And our content director, Rachel. Hey, what's up? Hey, a lot of things are up. <laughs> and today <laughs> we're going to talk about how to practice self-care. And this includes especially when you're feeling stressed and burned out. So let's get right to it. And Rachel, will you kick it off with explaining exactly what self-care is and what it includes and how it can and does improve your outlook and general well-being? Well, sure. So I think something that needs to be um, defined right at the start is a lot of people confuse self-care with self-soothing and those are two related but distinct things so self-soothing is what you do to distract yourself and as the name suggests soothe yourself when you're upset or or angry or sad and this can include things like getting a massage taking a bubble bath eating some chocolate um, and you know those are the things that give yourself a quick gratification and it's a very useful skill to have to soothe yourself but that self-soothing is distinct from self-care self-care is what you do to help yourself grow and to maintain your mental health so that might be things like going to therapy and taking control of your finances and you know some things can actually be both exercise can be self-soothing so if you like to like angry jog that can be a way to self-soothe, but it's also definitely a way to maintain your mental health because those who exercise tend to be happier, uh, releases the endorphins and all that. Um, so it's important to remember that there's a difference between self-care and self-soothing. Both are important, but self-soothing is not sufficient. So yeah, as I said, self-care is taking care of your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Things like going to therapy, I know I already mentioned it, but it's very important going to therapy, eating right, uh, taking control of your finances through, through things like budgeting, exercise, all of those things that are going to maintain a sense of balance within yourself and allow yourself to maintain some stability in your life and in your mental health. Um, and another one way that you can do this is to learn how to put yourself above certain things. So. Um, so that you have more time to take care of yourself. So what I mean by that is you have to be able to set some boundaries. You have to be able to learn how to say no to activities that aren't of any value to you. Um, and you have to learn how to, to provide yourself some time. You deserve the time because taking care of yourself is something just like taking care of anyone else. It, it, it requires time and effort, so you have to set aside that time. But when I say that you have to put yourself um, above other things, I'm not saying that you have a past to be selfish or greedy or lazy. It's not the same thing. So when you have to say no to certain things, you have to just decide what um, what activities are of value to you. And value can be things like you know, you learn something or it makes you happy, but it all can also mean it strengthens relationships with people that you care about. So you have to choose, pick and choose carefully what you can set aside and what you can't. And if you are going to, to not go to something or not do something, then it's important that you communicate with your people. Um, so say, hey, I'm not gonna attend this thing that you invited me to because I need to take some time for myself um, and that's okay. 
but it is important that you communicate. And you also, as a way to avoid becoming lazy, it's important for you to set manageable goals for yourself. So things like, I want to spend quality time with my life, my loved ones, like at least once a month, like my friends at least once a month. Um, or, you know, I'm not just going to binge Netflix, which is self-soothing, but I'm going to try to take a small and simple step. Like I'm going to clean my bedroom this weekend or at least my desk. Um, those are simple manageable goals. So again, you're not being selfish or greedy or lazy. Um, you're, you're trying to make space for yourself. And it's also important that as you're learning this process that you're open to feedback. So as you're trying to build a space for yourself to practice self-care, you might misstep every now and again um, and kind of not be that nice to your friends. Maybe you forgot to communicate, for example, when, um, when you were trying to make space for yourself. So if someone, comes up to you and says, hey, I know that you're you're really working on bringing some more balance to your life, but it really hurt my feelings when you didn't do this and you didn't give me any warning. Um, it's okay, take that feedback on board because self-care is all about growth. And finding this balance, as, I'm, as I think I've said a couple of times, it can be really difficult. So again, a therapist can help you with that, but there are also other resources that you can find um, on how to strike that balance. So that's, I guess, my overview of self-care. You have to make space for yourself, and self-care is about growing and maintaining your mental health. So yeah, Rachel mentioned a lot of really great examples of what self-care includes, and I think, Rachel, you really defined it really well. Um, I think some other examples of what self-care includes, it might include things like meditation, it might include things like drinking more water and less of the other stuff like sodas or juices. Um, self-care can also include taking time for yourself to unwind and de-stress. Um, Rachel, you kind of touched on that a lot, actually, about needing some time for yourself and some space. But sometimes, like sometimes, you really do need to to schedule out an hour or at least a little bit of time for you to just focus on yourself and unwind and kind of let go of all the stresses of the day. Um, self care can also include sleeping more. Um, a lot of people don't get enough sleep or don't make enough time for sleep, and that's another big aspect of taking care of yourself. And Rachel, at the beginning, you you mentioned the difference between self-care and self-soothing. And I think one good way to define it is self-soothing, it makes you feel good in the moment. It makes you feel good right away and has instant gratification. But self-care is about making you feel good in the long term. It's about making sure you stay feeling good and preventing yourself from feeling worse in the future. And kind yeah, of going back to you. Yeah, and, and kind of going back to the original question about how self-care can improve your outlook and your general well-being is when you're taking good care of yourself, when you're making sure that you're feeling good emotionally, mentally, and physically, you'll naturally feel better. And when you feel better, you tend to have a better outlook on life and you tend to be more optimistic and you'll feel more in control of yourself. And when you feel well, that's when you're more prepared to tackle whatever life throws at you. I mean, when you're feeling sick, you're not going to be as prepared to tackle a big, um, a big work project as you would be if you were already feeling completely healthy and energetic and pumped. So self-care is really important about, um, about keeping you in good working order, basically. And the better you feel, the more you'll be able to tackle whatever life throws at you. 
absolutely sounds like self-care should be part of our daily lives. And so why do so many people struggle with self-care and practicing it consistently? Uh, Amanda, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Well, I think the truth about self-care is that it actually is kind of hard. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort. And when you have to put so much effort into something, it can cause stress, especially when you feel like you're not living up to your own expectations and you're not keeping up with what you want to be doing. Um, I mean, when you care for anyone, it's hard and time consuming. Like think about if you have a small child and how much time and energy goes into taking care of a small child, or maybe you have an older parent and you want to, you have to take care of them. Doing things like that, it does take a lot of time and energy and it can wear you down a little bit. When it comes to self-care, self-care is no different from taking care of someone else, except that you're taking care of yourself. The problem is that people tend to feel more like they can get away with not taking care of themselves. You know, like if you if you don't do something for someone else, they will hold you accountable and you'll, you know, it'll hurt their feelings, it'll make life bad for them. But when you're not doing something for yourself, you only have yourself to blame and you're the only one that's gonna, you know, be mad at you or get or hold you accountable to it. So I think people make excuses and put things off, especially when it comes to themselves. We um, we don't we don't place enough value on ourselves. And so self-care, as I mentioned, it it does take time. But the problem with self-care also is that I feel like when we need it the most, that's when we have the least time and energy for it. So kind of going back to the example I said earlier, when you have a lot of stuff going on at work, when you have things happening with work and with your personal life, that's when you start to get worn down and that's when you need self-care the most. But self-care is a time-consuming thing. And so when you have less time for it already, that's why it's hard to maintain it. So it, it, it's, a, it's a thing that I think everyone deals with. I mean, I personally do deal with it myself. Um, I feel like when, when I need the most, that's when I'm not taking enough time for myself because I, I say, oh, I can't take care of myself. I can't go to the gym because I need to work on this project or I need to go to the store or I need to go spend time with a family member. And I think that's very natural for all of us. And when you're in that, when you're in that mode, it can kind of be easy to fall into self-soothing as opposed to self-care. You might say, oh, I think I'll just make myself feel better by eating a box of chocolates while I watch a movie. And that can feel nice, but it's not good for you. Um, that's not self-care, that is self-soothing because I think we can all agree that eating a whole box of chocolates is probably not the healthiest choice you can make. So, no, not yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, not yeah but, but watching the movie is, uh, to me, is a part of self-care because you're taking a break and you're doing, you're watching something that you want to, it's a way to relax. So if you're, you're combining the chocolate with the movie, maybe that is self-care. Well, it, it depends. Well, I, I mean, mean, there's a lot of, it kind of goes... There's a lot of overlap, actually. I think Rachel mentioned that earlier, too, is that there is some overlap, and sometimes it is self-care and it's also self-soothing. You just have to make sure that you're making the right choices and um, don't go too far in one direction. Like, maybe don't eat a whole box of chocolates, maybe just eat a couple of chocolates, something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, no, Amanda, you're right. So, and Lynn, you're also right. Uh, watching a movie can be both self-care and self-soothing. So it can be a way to distract yourself when you're upset, self-soothing. And again, self-soothing is a good thing, but it's not sufficient. It can also be self-care and that you're carving out time for yourself. Um, 
and giving yourself a chance to relax. But I think what Amanda was sort of getting to is that when you're especially stressed, it's it's more enticing to do the easier parts, which are the self-soothing parts. Um, like, like maybe a good example, or even perhaps a better example, is not just watching a movie, but maybe binging on Netflix while you eat like all the chocolate. Um, that is self-soothing, but it kind of crosses to a point where you're you're not taking good care of yourself. So. I'm, I'm going to just kind of tell you a quick um, story about my life and how difficult self-care can be. So for the last, let's say, three months, I've been like, it's just been cranked up to 11, nonstop, all of the time. I've had to move. I've had to, um, you know, search for roommates. I've had a lot of deadlines with my PhD. It's just been a lot. And as Amanda was saying, when it gets to be that like that, when it gets to be just go, go, go nonstop, there's no time, that's when things tend to fall by the wayside. So if that sounds like you, that that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and like, you, there's no need to feel ashamed. Yes, that is when you need the self-care the most, but it's also when it's the most difficult to keep it up. So things like going to the gym, they take time. Um, and things like cooking a good meal for yourself, it takes time. Even things like going back to the movie, which is self-care and self-soothing, um, self depending on the situation, it takes at least 90 minutes to watch most movies. And you might not feel like you have that kind of time. So with me in these last three months, one by one, it's I've seen certain things drop off, uh, drop drop away in my self-care routine. Going to the gym was first because it's the most time consuming. Cooking has been something that's been much more difficult for me to maintain. And things like meditation, all of these things have kind of dropped by because as Amanda was saying, when it gets to be the most difficult and it's also when you need, the, need it the most, it can be, it can just be really, really difficult to, to handle both. So to answer your question, Lynn, why so many people struggle with it, it's because um, it takes time and it is difficult and it requires making good choices, whether um, to watch one movie or five movies in a night. <laughs> hey, well, <clears throat> alrighty then. And that's true. If you go on a, a, a network Netflix binge, on the one hand, it can be really relaxing, but then you're even going to be more tired the next morning and maybe feeling a lot more pressure or stress because you got a later start. And um, exactly. so I think that when people are feeling that 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 sense of being overwhelmed uh, and they're getting to that point of burning out. So here's a good question. How can they get self-care back on track? and into their routines. So Amanda, what's your advice? Well, I think the first thing is to just take a step back and give yourself a chance to unwind and think clearly. Give yourself five minutes, give yourself half an hour, a whole hour, however much time you need to just unwind, clear your mind and make a game plan. So I would say that you should start by making a list of things that you can do for yourself, different types of self-care that you want to practice and pick the smallest ones that you can integrate into your life first. So for example, maybe you want to start drinking more water. Drinking water is a really easy thing to add into your life. So maybe instead of grabbing a can of Coca-Cola or grabbing some juice or um, some other beverage, what you can do is grab a bottle or a glass of water. And drinking more water is 
of course, it's good for your self-care, it's good for your physical health, and it's, an, it's a really easy way to take a little bit better care of yourself. Um, maybe another example is meditation. Meditation usually takes five or 10 minutes, and if you can carve out just a little bit of time each day, you might be able to start meditating, if not every day, at least several times a week. And um, that's another easy thing that you can add into your life. So what you wanna do is you wanna take baby steps. You wanna start with the smallest things, the things that are the easiest and least time consuming and cost the least amount of money and add those into your life first. And once you start adding these, these things into your life, you wanna do it consistently and you want it to become a habit. Once it's a habit, it'll be like second nature. You won't have to think about it. Once you no longer have to put it into your planner or add reminders to your phone or your computer, once it feels like something you just do every day without thinking, that's when it's a habit and that's when you're ready to start adding some more things into your self-care routine. So when you're feeling especially burnt out and stressed, it can be easy to start with a little of self-soothing and that's okay because as Rachel said, self-soothing is important sometimes and it will make you feel better initially and in the immediate moment, but don't let that become the entire thing. Don't let that replace self-care. What you want to do is self-soothe enough that you feel able to take on actual self-care and then start incorporating some different aspects of self-care into your routine. Again, start with the baby steps and try to turn those into habit and start with the smallest things until you're ready to start adding the bigger things. I, I probably wouldn't recommend starting with exercising every single day because that's going to be really hard to maintain and really hard to start and you are less likely to actually be successful with it and that can actually make you feel worse about it. So start with something that's easier and it'll probably make you more confident and more motivated to keep adding other aspects of self-care into your daily life. So I think yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know there's one thing that I do that's that is real easy very easy. There's no cost. And, um, you know, to clear my mind, I take a, a walk. And, you know, so that can be where you walk, you know, I can just simply do a, a, a 10 minute walk in my neighborhood. <clears throat> that does a number of things. It, it, it I, I'm breathing, you know, fresh air. I'm moving my body. And it does allow me to, you know, sort of shake off whatever it is and sort of clear my head. And that's something that you can do that's super easy and there's no cost. And at least for me, it is incredibly effective to help me um, shake up my perspective and, and get ready to move forward to the, on the next, onto the next thing. Yeah, I do the same thing actually. Um, there's a park that's really close to where I live now and Almost every day, I try, I try to make sure I go over there and do a walk. Um, it has a little lake, so one lap around the lake is about one mile. So, yeah, I, I usually spend about 15 minutes each day just taking a break. It helps me clear my mind um, from work and actually makes me work better when I do get back to, to my job. Um, exercising makes, you, makes the body feel good, breathing fresh air, um, getting some sunshine and some vitamin D, it's, it's all great. And it's, that's actually a really good example of self-care that doesn't take too much time or effort. Yeah, exactly. So to put this into story form for people who learn through story form. So as I said, I've had um, a ridiculously busy few months here. And so I followed Amanda's advice to um, take some baby steps to sort of get things back. 
because um, as I said, things start falling by the wayside, and um, that's not going to be good because when I'm especially busy, that means I need to be on the top of my game, which means I need to be taking care of myself. So as an example, I had a day a few weeks ago where I was um, co-hosting someone visiting the university and it was gonna take my whole day basically. And I already had this massive headache from just the start of the day, but I was like, okay, I gotta power through this. And so it gets to lunchtime and we're taking um, this guest to the canteen. And I'm thinking, you know what sounds delicious right now? I'm gonna get this pasta but I'm also gonna get some fries and a bottle of Coca-Cola because those are things that make me very happy. Self-soothing was sort of my go-to. And self-soothing wouldn't have necessarily been the worst choice there, but I decided to sort of go against my instincts for a second and think, well, Coca and fries are going to make me feel good now, but carrots and water instead of fries and the Coke are going to be able to are going to make me more able to get through this day because I still have the second half of the day to get through here. And so I did that. Didn't cost any difference um, and it was an easy enough choice. And then at the end of the day, um, I was thinking about taking the bus home. Now I take taking the bus home. It takes forever, the traffic's bad and I have to be on a bus, not a lot of fun. And then I realized the weather's pretty okay today and it takes about the same amount of time to walk home as it does uh, to take the bus. So I just walked home, like Lynn and Amanda were talking about. Walking is a really easy way to get you started. So, you know, just starting with the simple things that it takes no effort to switch. You just have to think of it. And that's a good way to get you started. Yeah, that's excellent advice. And, um, you know, Rachel, I think that, you know, that taking care of yourself um, and, um, you know, that sometimes it does almost feel like what you've been describing that it's, <clears throat> sorry, as it adds to your stress and the burnout you're feeling. So, you know, when you're thinking that and you're thinking that, that, that taking care of yourself is just adding to your feeling of being overwhelmed. Uh, so how can practicing self-care actually step up and take away from pressing matters, at least in your perception, and how do you overcome that? Okay, um, well, so it's it starts to take away from your perception because it's taking time away. So as I think we've mentioned a couple of times, going to the gym, it takes time. And so I stopped going to the gym because I was like, okay, well, I could go to the gym, but I actually need to work on this thing. I have a deadline, I have to be packing, I have to be, finding a roommate, whatever the situation was at the time. Um, and so it just seems like, oh my God, I just don't have time to do this. There are more pressing issues because when it comes to you, when you're taking care of other people, you have a guilt factor. Like if you don't take good care of your children, of someone else that you're taking care of, then you have the guilt factor. But when it comes to taking care of you, you there's a lot less guilt because you think, oh, I can take it, I can take it. Uh, but there comes a point where you're not going to be able to take it anymore. So in order to overcome this, it's sort of what Amanda was saying. Start with things that take no time and cost nothing, or at least very little. So instead of the fries, get the carrots. Instead of um, my favorite Coca-Cola, get the water. Um, or instead of taking the bus, 
walk because it takes the same amount of time. In fact, I'm saving money by doing that because I don't have to pay the bus fare. Um, so start with those kinds of things. It's going to get you a good start. But beyond that, try to find 10 to 15 minutes in your day. I know that you might feel like there's no time, but I think there's a good chance that you're going to be able to find 10 to 15 minutes at some point in your day where you can take a second and spend that time maybe doing some yoga, maybe doing a breathing exercise or meditating, um, reading a book, whatever it's going to do to get you to start feeling a little bit better. And if you're really, really like you're scheduled for pretty much every minute, maybe get two to three five minute segments, but take them and use them to take care of yourself in some way. And that's going to get you a good start as well. But for a lot of people, the struggle is with motivation. Sure, you can find 10 to 15 minutes in a day. Sure, you can get the carrots instead of the fries. But to continue to continually do that, like, yeah, I could get the carrots instead of the fries, but I did yesterday and the fries sound so good. So if you're struggling with motivation, then you can do something like gamify it. So I was using a meditation app a while ago um, called Headspace, and it keeps track of the number of days in a row that you have meditated. So, you know, you're like, ooh, got another point because I meditated again today. Um, I also do that with uh, Duolingo. Now, learning a language is not necessarily self-care, but it's not necessarily not self-care. So you can use the specific apps. There are also other apps that you can download um, that you can log in your habits, and it'll say you have done this like nine days in a row, good job. So that's a really good way to get you motivated um, because it, it starts to become a bit of a game and you're in a bit of a competition with yourself. But there's also a word of caution here depending on your personality type. So for me, I had to stop <laughs> doing that because I became so competitive that it became stressful rather than helping me find some zen in my life, so to speak. So um, I would be stressing about not being able to do my meditation, not because it was like, oh, I'm not going to have time to unwind. It was like, no, I'm going to break my streak. And it got to the point that when I did end up breaking my meditation streak after 120 days or so, I just stopped meditating because at that point it didn't seem like it was worth it anymore. So if you're that, if you're that kind of person that becomes too competitive with yourself, then maybe try to find a different way or just, just stop you can do it something instead like, remember those old arcades where you would, they would have the high score? You can maybe try to beat your old high score, keep track of, well, I was able to do nine days in a row that time, so let's see if this time I can do 10. But when you do break the streak, it's okay to start over and try to beat your high score. So if you're still struggling, maybe you're going back to that time. Um, there's no time in a day. You can also delegate and outsource. So what I mean is like, when you have a lot of things to do, see if there's someone that you can get to help you. So if you have some roommates or some kids say, hey, I need a little more time. Can one of you take on doing the dishes um, so that I can spend those 20 minutes meditating or whatever the case may be. And if there is no one to take it on, um, then it's okay to outsource. It's okay to bring in a cleaning service, to use this example, um, to get to get what needs to be done done, but without taking time away from you. So if that's available to you, 
then I would go ahead and do that. And sometimes it might be like, maybe you and your roommates are already really equal with the, the cleaning, but you're going through a hectic time. You might say, look, I know it's my turn, my turn to do the dishes, but I really can't handle it at the moment. Can you do it? And I will make it up later. Then that might work as well. Again, I said earlier on, communication is really, really important. Um, although again, it's not an opportunity for you to be lazy or an excuse for you to be lazy. You do have to do the dishes later, but it's a good way to get you started when, when you're already super stressed. And my final tip for you is you have to learn to let things go. So I heard this analogy recently, and I think it's going to be something that's really useful for all of you. Life, in life you're juggling, and some of the balls are glass and some of the balls are plastic. And there's gonna, become a, there's gonna come a point where you have to drop something, where you can't balance all the balls that you're supposed to be juggling at this moment. You have to determine which balls are plastic and drop those ones and keep the plastic or the glass ones in the air so they don't break. So maybe instead of vacuuming every day, you vacuum once a week or even every other week. Um, or maybe, you know, this project, yeah, it needs to be done, but it doesn't need, need to be done now. You can drop that one for a while. So yeah, I think that's my final tip is figure out what, what in your life is plastic, what in your life is glass and drop things accordingly. Yeah, I, I really love that analogy. I had never heard that before, before you mentioned it to me the other day, and I thought that was a really great way of looking at things. And I mean, I think it's important to know what's glass and what's plastic, but it's also good to know when things change from glass to plastic or vice versa. Maybe today this thing is really important and, you, and it's the glass one, but maybe tomorrow the thing that was plastic is now glass, and so things can switch too, right? Yeah, of course, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I often feel stressed when I think about how poorly I take care of myself. And I I feel even more stressed when I think about all the time-consuming things I have to do to practice self-care. Um, I'm, I'm a very busy person, and I admit that a lot of that is self-inflicted side projects. But the idea of squeezing in more time to go to the gym or whatever the case might be, it can be so stressful. Even though I know exercising is good for me, I just... I don't make time for it because it's like, well, I have these other things to do. I, they're more important for some reason. But Rachel, I, I really think that your suggestions are good, and I've actually used some of them before. Um, Rachel's my little sister, and she she watches out for me, so I'm glad that I have someone <laughs> to help keep me on track. Um, but to everyone listening, just remember that nothing is more important than taking care of yourself. So if you follow these ideas, like delegating or outsourcing or gamifying a habit. Um, starting with the cheap things or starting with just like a few minutes a day. By starting with, with some of these ideas, you can add self-care to your schedule. And once it feels like second nature, once it feels like a habit, you can start adding a little bit more. Um, don't do it all at once. Don't think of it as an all or nothing situation. Just think of it as adding little things every so often, every few weeks, and it starts to feel a lot easier. And more like just how you live your life, more like your natural lifestyle instead of something that you have to schedule out. Yeah, all very good advice. And I would like to reiterate that, you know, if you don't take that time for yourself, that honestly, you are no good to anyone else. I mean, because it impacts um, how you respond to people, your attitude, um, and 
when you take that time, it's just completely transforms how you can handle um, and all the things that are, you know, coming at you and the unexpected. So I think that prioritizing and practicing self-care, you know, are super important. And so I think the last question is, is, you know, when we're, we've been talking about this is that, you know, they do alleviate stress and they help you avoid burnout. So we've been talking about prioritizing and practicing self-care throughout this conversation. And we've also been talking about, you know, alleviating stress and avoiding burnout. So let's get right to the, the crux here. How can prioritizing and practicing self-care actually do that, just that, alleviate stress and avoid burnout? Uh, Amanda, do you want to go ahead and start us off? Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole point of self-care. The whole point of self-care is that if you're taking good care of yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically, you'll be in better shape to take on whatever life throws at you. And that means you'll be less likely to become super stressed or less likely to completely burn out. I mean, why do people feel stress? I mean, of course, a big one is you have too much on, our, on your plate. There's too much work, um, too much going on in your personal life, maybe not enough time to deal with everything or not enough of a budget to work with to, to effectively deal with everything. But what makes stress even worse is when your body and your mind feel bad. When you eat poorly or you don't get enough sleep or you're not getting enough exercise, it can make a stressful situation even worse because you're not as ready to actually deal with it. I mean, when you're not, when you don't sleep enough, for example, your mind can be a little bit foggy. You're not going to think as clearly or as quickly as you might if you had gotten enough sleep the night before. Um, if you if you're not eating well, if you're not exercising at all, you might you might be a little bit distracted by some small pains or some discomforts in your body, and that can also um, it can also make a stressful situation even worse when you're dealing with these other things on top of whatever else is causing your stress. Like in addition to whatever work projects or personal life issues are going on, you're also thinking about, oh man, I don't feel good because I haven't eaten a, a vegetable in the whole week or something. So. Um, <laughs> It's true. I mean, if you don't eat healthy food, your body starts to rebel and make you feel bad. I've learned that the hard way. But um, yeah, I mean, if if you're not taking care of yourself, you it'll make stressful situations even worse. And when you're feeling that badly, you're more likely to actually burn out. So when you take good care of yourself, um, you're making your body feel good. You're making your mind feel good and feel healthy. And you're keeping everything in good working order. And when you're I mean, it's like a machine. Think of a machine. Um, machines have to be maintained and have the right fuel and be um, fixed and well-oiled and stuff in order to work properly. Um, hum people are the same way. We, we need to take good care of ourselves so that we can work to the best of our abilities. And when you take good care of yourself, when you practice self-care, you'll feel more energy, you'll have more confidence, and you'll probably have better critical thinking skills and you'll just emotionally feel better and more optimistic and ready to take on whatever life throws at you. And I think Rachel has actually kind of gone through this herself. Um, I think she has a, a story that she'd like to share about this. 
why, yes, I do. So yeah, um, <laughs> sorry to make it sound so exciting. I started 2019 with a, a giant list of resolutions. 2019 was and well, yeah, it, I'm gonna say was because I think this is going out next year. No, no, 2019 was. It's fine. Okay. Well, then 2019 has been the year of self-care. It was for me all about getting self-care. Um, I knew that my list of resolutions was really ambitious. It included things like exercising, I don't know, four times a week and eating better and um, drinking less Coca-Cola, which is my, my main vice and socializing with friends more because I had been feeling very isolated and getting control of my finances and the list just went on and on. I knew it was very, very ambitious and I knew that some of those things were going to fall by the wayside. Um, Amanda said or something earlier that's really important to remember with self-care. It's not all or nothing. But I did try and self-care is a skill. It's a skill that you learn to, to wield in your day-to-day -day life. So I did do some of those things. I did exercise pretty frequently for a good while. I did and continue to eat better than I did in 2018. I do see my friends more than I used to. So I said earlier that I've been having an extremely stressful, busy last few months, but the reality is if I hadn't gained these self-care skills, I would have curled into a fetal position and just like sank into oblivion by now if I hadn't learned how to take this good care of myself. So it's a skill that you continue to practice. And there are weeks where I don't do it. So as I said, working out has gone by the wayside. It's something I'm hoping to get back into soon. Uh, eating better has been a little more touch and go in these last few months. So, you know, it feels like there's just not enough time to cook a healthy meal, so I order a pizza. Some weeks I do that, but then, for example, just last week I was thinking, oh my God, actually not even last week, this week, I was saying, oh my God, I don't have time to cook, but I made time to cook. And instead of ordering a pizza, I made a delicious meal made up of chicken and green beans and apples and um, garlic. It was very delicious and it's decently healthy, I would hope. So it's a skill. And because I had spent the earlier months of this year practicing this, I've been able to keep up some of my self-care habits um, during this very busy and hectic time of year. And that has allowed me to, as I said, take this time on and also just feel better about myself. Even when things do fall by the wayside, I'm not nearly as hard on myself as I would have been just last year. So self-care is a skill and it's going to to really help you move forward and and make the most out of your your day-to-day -day life. Okay, yeah. well that's absolutely true. Um, and I love what you guys have shared with us for this conversation. And, you know, practicing self-care um, when you're feeling overwhelmed is actually, it, it from everything we've been talking about and you've been sharing, is the number one thing you can do to actually improve that situation because it's going to alleviate some of your stress and help you feel better. And so this has been a great informative discussion. And as we wrap it up, I want to ask our audience, if you have ideas that you'd like to share, we would love to hear your comments 
about this podcast on self-care. And if you have a question um, or uh, you also want to suggest topics for discussion, you know, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And to stay current on all of our in insightful advice and our breakthrough advantages, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.